Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I always knew there would be this moment where we would continue doing these profit reports and eventually we would hit our goal and then we would have to have this conversation about what's next for us. And I know we alluded to it a little bit last month where we had our first loss in over a year, but no part of me was concerned, which is sounds bizarre, but it is what it was. And we really just like stuck things out and made some really interesting subtle shifts. And March went Freaking fantastic, my friends. Yeah. What a concept that we had a loss and we didn't let it linger in our brains for months on end, thus impacting our business for months on end. And instead, we did a quick what up and, and then saw amazing stuff happen in March. I feel like it's funny because we're not coming in here to say we did a massive launch and that's what corrected it. And we did all these big things. We just looked up... we check the calendar every time right before we record just to remind ourselves like what happened last month because the time that we're recording this is like halfway through the month after so we're like oh we uh planned some stuff we talked about some stuff we did like a mini thing well someone else did a mini thing we invested in some stuff yeah that's about what we did (laughs) no it was pretty low-key in terms of what was happening behind the scenes but I think So much of what we've been doing for the last year has really been about building our MRR. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with MRR, it's your monthly reoccurring revenue. And previously, we would talk about our MRR in relation to our signature program, Strategy Academy. But it's sort of a false MRR because it was based on payment plans. And so payment plans have a date that they just go away and you no longer receive that payment. 
And so things can stack up for about a year, but then they just start falling off at that point. With the shop, it's more of a true MRR where we have a set of membership that brings in a certain amount of revenue. We may see amounts higher than our MRR because people are doing an annual plan or there's other promotions happening. For the most part, we have this pretty significant chunk of our income now that is very reliable and it just continues to grow. We still have churn that we're like fighting against with that. And we are like continuing to make changes to improve that. But we have a base that's really sturdy. And I think that has been so incredible. Just looking at what has, like if we've looked at quarter one and years past, Several years ago, it was a very low quarter for us historically. Like we would just not make a ton of money in Q1. It was more planning or like working on stuff behind the scenes, but we didn't do a ton of launching in Q1. But now it's like, no, no, we we earned more in Q1 than we did in Q4 last year. So what does that mean for the rest of this year? You told me that a couple weeks ago. I was like, wait, what? Because just my brain wraps around how Q4 has always been our biggest quarter. And so not only did we actually like we hit it out of the park, didn't you say when you looked at last year that it was Q two or three that actually was our biggest last year? Yeah, Q two was our biggest last year, which surprised me mm-hmm. by a lot. <laughs> yeah. I know we had some live launching during that period last year, but part of it felt a bit like a mystery to me. Like, what did we do? Like, I don't even remember it being that significant at the time. But I know that for us, it's been about creating a stable base. And we are just now getting to the point where it's like, okay, we have a certain amount of revenue that we've generated, a certain amount of profit that we've generated We had a little bit of debt that we took on to fix cash flow issues from 2019, but we owe nobody anything at this point. And we have a very significant savings for the business. And then Emily and I have also increased our personal income. And we're like, wait, (laughs) so like we've been working so hard to get to this point. And like, now what? And I think both of us are a little bit intimidated, but excited that I think like we're about to go into a growth period. I think we are too. We've been talking about this. It's kind of honestly been like the only thing you and I have been talking about really when we're like, we'll like hop on the phone and kind of pick apart random to do's. And it's like, okay, so back to what we're working on internally, mentally, and in our business, like, let's talk about it. It's weird now being able to look back on different phases of our business and say, okay, yeah, at that point, we had a growth period. At that point, this is what was happening. And because we're able to do that now, because we're going into year six, I think it's why you and I know 100% we're leading up to that because we've done it enough now, even if it hasn't been this big of growth or this type of growth right now, we know what it feels to be right before magic happens and things change. It's a preparation. I think in the past, 
this period right before growth has been a lot more nerve wracking because it feels like you and I have to like break down barriers or like break through mental blocks or prepare our team or prepare our business for growth. But the difference this time is I think for sure there's still some mental work that has to be done 100%. But our team is ready. We have the people in place to scale I definitely think we could hire more in Q2 potentially, but it's not like we're ill-equipped at this point. We could do it and run with it and be good. The interesting part is because it's more of systematic than it's ever been, it's not necessarily that growth would mean more work for anyone on our team. Right, right. And I think that's like in the past year, year and a half, that's what we've been figuring out how to do is how can the business grow without us having to put in more hours, more hours, more hours. And I think, you know, some hires need to happen, some delegation needed to happen, some control definitely had to be let go from us. It took a little bit for us to get there and to do that and to figure that out. Because I think previously, you've said this before, how we've been the ones holding ourselves back from growth, from whatever. And when we deliberately decided to pump the brakes to build a more solid foundation in 2019, like we knew we were slowing down our growth. We knew that. We've talked about that. But for us to like be mentally sound and like what we're doing, not be constantly stressed out, not worried about money. We had to do things a little bit differently. I think you guys would be way more surprised to find that a lot of peers and a lot of people in this space don't actually pay themselves that much money. They don't pay themselves that much. A, they go for really long times at the beginning of their business without paying themselves at all, if they're able to. And I think that would surprise you because I think that you really have to think about what that then does for their foundation of, of cash moving forward so that if they didn't pay themselves for the entire first year of business, which we know multiple people who've done, and then maybe year two or year three, they pay themselves like barely minimum wage, what would be considered minimum wage. You have to think then year three, when they are ready to scale, they're sitting on a buttload of cash in order to do that. Well, we believe in paying ourselves good, early, and often. And so day one of business, we were paying ourselves. And then if you take that mentality and multiply it by two, because there's two of us, the cash flow situation has just been entirely different in our business than any other one that we know. Yeah, we've in a way slowed our growth because we didn't... Not that we were paying ourselves more than the business could afford. Don't get me wrong there. Like we've definitely been like aware of what we could do there. But what I don't think either of us were aware of, because we were years into business when this happened. Okay. And I don't think either of us had any idea what level of cash a business could require just to sustain normal what it was doing right it's not that it's going away or that it's gone or whatever it's just like in flow yeah 
It has a cycle. It's you needed know? to come in to make things happen. And then the cash comes in and then it goes out over here. It's very cyclical. At this point, it's super predictable. And so like, I have a way firmer understanding of how all of that works. But I think there was definitely a combination of things that led to our cash flow being a little upside down. And we were lucky enough to have good standing in every other realm and we're able to get credit for a short period of time to like figure our shiz out. But we slowed our business down by taking executive level salaries in our business. But I need you to understand that we did that because we take care of our families. This isn't for fun for us. Like, sure, it is fun. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's our job and it's so we can pay the bills. It's so we can pay for our house. It's so we can sustain our life, all the things. I'm excited to see though, like as things shift, what growth can look like. Because at this point, growth is not necessarily to sustain the lifestyle we currently have. Like we're making enough money that we could just keep going and keep doing what we're doing. But for me, the next level is really about impacting more people. Well, and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit more of how, you know, we've been having conversations all Q1 with each other about this. And I even boxed our good old friend, Jessica Ely about, is this a money block or is this just like a part of this growth thing? And we need to kind of work through it. I didn't really understand. So typically what happens in December or January going into a new year, Abby and I are like, okay, here's our goals. Here's the money we want to make. And do you want to raise? And how much cash do we want to have? And like all of those things, we just talk about it all. Right. And then work backwards and figure out percentages and launches, et cetera. Well, we had gotten to a point where it's just like, yeah, I could say that we want more money personally, but for what? Is there an actual purpose that that money's going to go to? We can say that we want to make more in Boss Project, but for what? Again, what's our next level? For a really long time, we didn't really have an answer for that. And I think we realized, oh, yes, we like flexibility in our goals. We've realized that. But we do have to have maybe less than a goal, but a purpose for the decision, for the hard work, for the money, right? And it needs to be allocated to go somewhere that we're passionate about. That's either us in our own personal homes. It's for family goals. It's for travel. It's for kids. It's for whatever. Okay, if those things are checked and allocated for, what do you want it for? There's a choice that needs to be made where you're like, actually, I'm good. How do we maintain this? How do we tighten this ship? There's a whole series we could have gone down of like, we're going to maintain the revenue that we're making now. What do we want to do about that? But I think we weren't ready to say that yet. And we wanted to let it just marinate. And there's one skill that we have gotten really good at, really, really good at in the last year or so. And it's just fucking waiting. It's just waiting. It's just talking out loud with each other, but then not making a decision right then and there or that day or that week. And just like letting reassurance come from, we like signs, right? We're into that. So it's either an angel number or it's randomly opened Instagram and I saw this post and it really spoke to me or a podcast episode or whatever, right? Or this person DM'd me and wow, we were just talking about that. And it's stuff like that where we're like, okay, that's reassurance. Okay, okay. So we like let those kind of signs happen. 
And it was so funny. I know I'm talking a little bit about April now, but Abby, it was like back to back to back signs and conversations that it was like, hey, here's what you could do with more money. Hey, maybe you want to do this. (laughs) It was loud. Whether you think it's the universe or God or I mean, what the fuck ever. Because for months, months, Emily and I were like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then it was like, or this, 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 or this. It was like a floodgate open. And it was like, oh, okay. I hear you. Let me filter through that. But then even when that happened, and I feel like we could probably do a whole episode on this, saying no, even when it could be right. Yep. Because that's like a whole thing. We said no to quite a few things that honestly could have and maybe still will be amazing, but we said no for a whole host of reasons. And I think part of it is just like we're getting so much clearer on where we're going and where we want to spend our time and where we want to spend our energy. And, you know, in the past, we're all about trying to help as many entrepreneurs as possible and trying to reach as many people as possible. And We've done a lot of things in our business that sound great to other people because they have large impact, but they don't necessarily help our business grow. For instance, I could go on a whole a whole rampage about how much work it was to put on four online summits and how huge it was for the industry and how little it did for our business. In fact, how much it actually slowed our business down. I could talk about that for days. I could also talk about important or how much emphasis we've put on supporting other, not just entrepreneurs, but other softwares and other services and like put a lot of time and attention on our affiliates. And instead, when we buckled down and said, you know, let's pick like two or three max that we actually pour time and attention into and kind of let the rest lie. (laughs) Our business has grown because we've been able to spend more time on our products in like a very significant way. Like we're not talking small impacts here. We're talking like massive impacts. And that was the biggest, I like it's silly to say confidence booster, but I choose to look at that also as being like a sign of reassurance of what it serves me for. But it was like going into this year where we were deliberately choosing to let go so many affiliate, not like quit them, but just like quit talking about them or quit making launches or promotions about them. Even simple ones that you guys never even really like, it wasn't a huge public thing, but it was work on the back end for us that we would do. We just like let it go. And it was, I mean, January, immediate, immediate. Oh, hey, you want to focus on your own shit? Here's how your own shit's going to reward you. (laughs) Yeah. Not that that's weird, but like it was so reassuring. And it's hard because I love that form of marketing. Like I think it's super fun and exciting. And this is where it gets kind of confusing And if it's something you're considering, I just want you to think about it as a whole. Okay, so affiliate marketing, you're making a portion of a sale, right? So you're actually generating, let's just use like $100 as an example. Say you generate $100, you may make $15 of the $100. Amazing, but you generated $100. Now, 
if the your whole business is affiliate marketing, likely your expenses are super low. And so you get to keep the majority of that percentage. But when you are in a business like we are, we have expenses to run our business, guys. And so when you really think about it, we've been shooting for 30% profit for a year. There's two of us. So in essence, every dollar that we earn, Emily and I each earn 15 cents of every dollar, which sounds fine. But then when you mix in affiliates, okay, you generated $100, you only keep 15%. Now you only keep 15% of your 15%. And we're talking about pennies versus if we generate $100 in our own business, then we each keep $750, not pennies. You know what I'm saying? It would be totally different if 98% of your business was affiliates and you had super low overhead and that was like your business. You're more like a service-based business model who you see higher returns on your clients. You need less people and maybe systems are less expensive to run because you don't have like the more people you have, the more expensive your email marketing is probably going to be your whatever, like all the tools that you use just go up the more people that go through them. So yeah. Because our costs are the same to generate an affiliate sale versus a regular sale. And I mean, granted, we're not like running advertising to affiliate stuff, but still operating costs are just a lot. Anyway, all of that to say, here's how it broke down. You're probably going to laugh because affiliate was a rather high percentage, but hear me out. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. Explain yourself, woman. So the shop was 53% of our overall revenue. And it's been right around that like 50 to 55% for a while. I think it's going to be a lot more by the end of the year personally. But we'll see. Now affiliate, after saying all of that, you guys are going to be like, for reals. Okay. (laughs) It was 21% of our revenue, which is a lot. However... That money came from three affiliates, not like 20. A large chunk of it was from a big promotion we did in February, and we just got paid a month later. So don't read me wrong. Like, obviously, we're still putting time and energy into it, but we're just not spreading ourselves so many places. And then Strategy Academy was 15% this month which is kind of low. So do you want to talk for a minute about what we realized with the live launching with SA? (laughs) We forgot how math works, basically, is the short version. So with SA, you know, you can pay in full or you can break it out into a 12-month payment plan. And so we launched it last year and then people did payment plans. We had a big launch in February of last year. We did also have a launch in September. I guess what we're learning is we typically have two to three launches of SA per year. And for some reason, like the first one of the year is always the biggest. And when 12 months goes around the calendar clock, those a significant portion of those payments run out. Like they're done. They're done paying. They're halt. No more money. 
And so we looked at February and we're like, shit, where's, there's like money that used to be here. It's not here anymore. And we're like, oh, okay. So now we need to plan better for next year. And we need to have an essay launch earlier in the year. Because maybe by the time you're even listening to this one, but we're having one, but it's not going to be until May. And next year we're like, okay, we want to definitely do that like end of January, early February launch instead to keep the calendar rolling, basically. Yeah. Like I said, when it's not real MRR and it's like right. fake, not fake, like it obviously adds, it's still money, right. but when it's it falls off year after, after 12 years months, after a year of money, <laughs> you're like, oh, we should be better about realizing when thousands of dollars just fall off our books. Right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. The percentage dropped for SA, but I'm not worried about it because it'll bump back up with the live launch that we have going on and... We have some, I'll hint at it. I'm not going to get into it at all, but like Emily and I are thinking about the future of Strategy Academy and I'm excited for where this is going and coming up and not that the shop, like the shop is still our primary focus for growth, but I think Strategy Academy is going to become... It's just going to like hold its own. You know, we had a couple of amazing interviews with some alumni recently or people who are actually still going through the program, but already started to see amazing results. And it was hearing their stories where I was like, ooh, and if we offered this or if we tweaked this or this was different, how much better it could make it for their experience. And so it was, I mean, it's truly that of hearing from those of you who have clients or work with students in digital programs, you all have your favorite kind of student, right? The one who takes action and shares results and shows up for things. We just had a flood of that same kind of personality come in recently. And it was just like, so good where it just revitalized us too about what we wanted to give to that program and how good it really is. Oh, I know. We've poured a lot of time and attention into building it out and making it super effective for people and then supporting them through their growth. Like the ability to come to coaching calls and all of that has just been massive, but I'm excited to see how it kind of takes on a new life. Not that the old version is going away at all, just really amping it up and making it so much better. So I'm excited for what that'll look like. The crazy thing is the longer we're in business, the further out we're planning. Yeah, We're talking about it now, but I'm like, oh, that's not going to happen until next year. But we're like planning it now so we can be ahead and loop our team in and not do last minute like we've always Yeah. So the things we're talking about changing probably won't change until Q1 of 2022, which is just like, so who are we? we? So going into expenses, this is where I'm like, I have to do a self-assessment. Am I a bottleneck? I don't know. I don't know. And advertising has been the biggest learning curve for me over the last, I mean, we've been doing ads for a while and we've had help for a long time as well, but it, it's not, it's just, it's not like you learn it and then you just know it. Like it just keeps changing. And I am showing my millennial here, but I'm just so tired of learning. new shit. <laughs> I'm just so tired. At Q1, Facebook made some massive changes to advertising. We're talking about changing 28-day attribution to seven days. And we're talking with some of the iOS restrictions, things that were working or no longer being attributed or not being calculated as working because there's like security blocking stuff. It's been really frustrating as a marketer who... I get it from like a consumer perspective. I get why people get weird about it. They're like, I just, I didn't even say anything about this. And they just know. 
Well, I get it, but I promise you, if you instead appreciate the fact <laughs> that the internet knows what you need uh-huh. and like serves you content based on what you need, it would help all the marketers out there. <laughs> it would help you do our job better. Because when you guys get freaked out, and I get it, like it is kind of eerie sometimes, or like literally how, I don't know. I don't know how, like through magic and AI and no, all sorts of stuff. Don't care. Serve me things I want. I live exactly. in a capitalist society, capitalism, baby. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But when these changes happen because y'all get freaked out by robots understanding your life, I'm just like, don't stop. Not stop it. being freaked out by it. <laughs> like, it's fine. You're messing my business. So in February, we were like, okay. We've been underspending in ads, like underspending by a lot. Yeah. And then we like did it. We're like, boom, done, whatever. But then I have this like intimidation factor, imposter syndrome, like all this shit comes up for me because it's not that it didn't work, (laughs) but it was like a huge change in our cash flow. And so it wasn't all immediate returns. It wasn't something we could... I can explain it. And like, I understand in theory, the difference between ROAS and ROI. And I'm going to talk about it for like two seconds. So you guys have a clue what I'm talking about. But return on ad spend is your immediate, you see results within seven days kind of return. Okay. So you put a dollar in, how many pennies do you get back of that dollar within one week? Okay. That's your ROAS. Your ROI is based on your lifetime value of a customer. Once you understand how much a customer or client is worth to your business, you can look at long-term return of acquiring your customer. And you can figure out what you're willing to spend up front to get said customer. So while I understand what I'm willing to spend up front to scale, sometimes you have to be willing to spend more up front, it's not that you're not going to get the return later, but that the initial return goes down as you scale, usually, more than likely. And I was like, even though I was prepared, I was not prepared. That was a huge contribution to our loss in February, but also a huge contribution to our big success in March because we obviously made it back in March. (laughs) Which is a mind fuck. Okay. You just have PTSD from when it didn't work. I know. It's like, even if you know all the numbers and you all know all the things, I tell Emily this all the time. And I think it's just proven to be true too many times. And so that's why it's hard. It's like, you can know the math and the math can still lie. When do you trust it? And when do you believe that it's going to work out the way it's supposed to? Because we've planned launches and like, said, we're going to put X down because we know we convert at this percentage. We know what our lifetime value is and whatever. And then one piece of the puzzle doesn't work out. And you're like, shit. (laughs) Anyway, I got nervous. I got nervous. We did well in February, but I was like, I lied about my comfort level. And so I told my ads team and they're like the sweetest. Tony, Jack and Dania, you guys 
deserve so much because you bring me down (laughs) and ground me a lot. And you also can read through my BS when I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. And they're like, I hear you say this, but I think this is what you mean. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we pulled the throttle back like all the way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it shows because we went from like 35% spent on ads to 18. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like a Facebook ads money spending mentor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I think part of it is like, I can get all the math to like stabilize the business and budget and blah, blah, blah. But like Facebook and advertising is literally gambling. Anyone who tells you different yeah. is lying yep. to you. Yep. Yep. And so it's like, how much do I feel comfortable gambling every right. month? Right. Some months I'm feeling a little more lucky than us. I feel pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. But the crazy thing is, guys, the amount we spend, I have a peer, someone I look up to. I'm not going to name names. She spent like 4X in one week what we spent in the whole month. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's our money. That's our money shit. Yes, because uh, that's on me. When we talk about money mindset stuff, it's that. It's the spending. Right. I think I'm much more at this point. So before going in too many directions at once, I've panicked on bringing in people because I had a harder time understanding how they could bring return into the business. Now I have a much clearer understanding of what is expected for you to stick your booty around. Okay. And even though it's hard, I am way more willing to let people go or make changes quickly if it's not working out. And so like the team building, even though like our team is way bigger than it was a year ago, I'm super comfortable with the decisions we're making there and know where we might have to cut if it doesn't work. But with ads, it's like, it's not like it could work two months from now. Like the money's already gone. And that's the part where I'm like, for real though, (laughs) if you know someone who can make those kinds of decisions for me, I am here for it. Probably going to be something I have to delegate at some point. That's definitely in deserving of a bigger conversation eventually where it's like, you don't need to be the one deciding to gamble every month. Don't let that be you. Right. Because it's in some points, I'm like, am I holding the business back from what growth it could have? Maybe. But I also need someone who's not only willing to look at cash flow, but they have to like look at cash flow on the whole. We might be able to afford it this month, but could we afford to do that for six months to have the business quadruple? And right. I mean, maybe, but like, I don't know, that's a lot of yeah potential. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of guarantee for me. I need a lot of convincing in this category. Anyway, we pulled it back. So our cost of goods sold is really low. I want our cost of goods sold to be more like 30%. I think that's really healthy for us. I think that's really healthy for the business. We've shown that when we consistently keep cost of goods sold around 30%, that our business grows. And when we spend less, we tend to slow the business down. So our cost of goods sold was only 22, 18% of which was ads. So that's low for me. Our next, or actually our biggest category, which it shouldn't be biggest, it should be second biggest, but it's 
it wasn't anyway team. So we have, like I said, made some big moves this last quarter and invested pretty heavily right in the beginning of the year and are just now seeing results of that. So like, for instance, I know we talked about hiring for social. We hired for social in January. We didn't start posting for social until mid-March. So we only have two weeks worth of results for that investment in these profit reports now. But it's been interesting to think about like what's next in terms of team. I know Emily and I both got like a sign from the universe about like what we think should be our next hire, which is weird because I don't think either of us were even considering it. No. Didn't think it was an option. And then it was like one person said one thing and then it was like sign, 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 sign. So I'm not going to say what it is because I don't necessarily need to be bombarded right now because I don't know when this will happen. But we do have a very strategic role that I think we will be hiring for in Q2. That will probably be the last hire for a while. And I say that, but it always change. Who knows? Who knows? And then payroll is our third biggest expense always because Emily and I think you should get paid. Yes. And well for what you do. 18%. 18%. Yep. Profit at the end of the day, guys, so funny because huh. I very specifically talked to Emily and said, because 30% for how big our business was and for what we were trying to accomplish in terms of savings made sense. Now, I know some people who are like, even at our stage, like their profit margins larger. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but like go you. But I also know a lot of people that have much smaller margins because they really pour into team and they're like focused on hiring in advance of their growth. So it's hard to say once you get to a certain stage, it being a percentage is not a very accurate measurement of what you need. Does that make sense? So like 30% was like a great benchmark for us to stabilize yeah, it was a goal to like build up our foundation yeah but now that the business is bigger in a pretty significant way 30 percent is just like an arbitrary percentage like it's not so we internally need to be looking more at profit in terms of dollars and I don't think we'll necessarily share that on the show because we've always said that the dollars don't matter and like you need to be focused on what works for you and your business But this is, I just want to illustrate that like, you may have a benchmark that feels right, because all of the stats are telling you that's what you should be shooting for. And then you're going to get to a point where either you reach it or like your goals are accomplished, and you're going to have to change stuff up. And that's so healthy. Like that is amazing. I think that's the big, like one of the biggest things we've learned is that just because when you change that goal, especially around a financial benchmark, it doesn't mean that you're not doing as well. It means you're in a next phase of growth, maintaining 30% profit when we're bringing in so much more revenue is harder. And if you want to make more revenue, you need to spend some to grow the team or the people or whatever. So yeah, it's saying it just to say it. Right. Because at this point, like I said, I mean, sure, does Emily, do Emily and I both want to raise before the end of the year? For sure. But 
we also don't want to leave anyone in our business specifically on our team feeling unsupported like if growth were going to make their job crazy like we need to be able to bring in other resources to help them we're at the point literally in our business where we're getting assistance for our assistants like right that is so cool it's crazy I didn't think that was the thing but for real it is we're talking about like junior people to our existing team which is just like what (laughs) it's bananas but for a lot of them they're like tapped out and that's an amazing place to be an exciting time and I don't know so where it all goes I'm not sure (laughs) we kind of (laughs) know well you kind of I mean I, I know what we're shooting for I know we're going in a growth phase How we get there is still a little bit loose to me, but to answer the question on all of your minds, and I think it's just because we've been doing it for so long, it's almost like riding a bike. (laughs) We hit 30% profit again. Exactly 30%. And that that should tell you, if you guys are listening, that we didn't spend enough. Right. Yes. Well, the answer is I should have not pulled the throttle back so far on ads But I freaked myself the fuck out in February. The thing is, because we don't get numbers back until halfway through the next month, our spend is also going to be low in April. It's a mind fucker. We're also prepping for a launch in at the end of April, beginning of May, where we know spend is going to be higher. So, like, it's fine. I'm not worried about any of it. I just want to be... My aspirational goal for 2021 is to not slow my own business down. That's a great goal. Yeah. And I don't always know the answer on how to do that. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) So, But I'm trying to be more self-aware of where that's happening. As always, if you guys have any follow-up questions, thoughts, concerns, opinions, suggestions, we would love to hear them all in our DMs over on Instagram at BossProject. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.